because I have found, just like Pastor Louise, that picture, I have a, in my notes a couple illustrations which are very similar. But I have found in those moments that for me to let go means I lose control. And I believe we are all creatures of control. That's, I'm not saying that as a bad thing, but what I've just found is we control. And there's, there's elements of that that is very good, but sometimes our grasp on things that we need to let go of gets in the way of what God can do. I have in my notes here the picture of a child jumping into a pool. I don't know, but I, 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 this to me is such a vivid picture where a child is standing on the edge and the parents, one of them sitting in a chair, a lounger, on the pool deck enjoying the sunshine and the warmth, and the other one standing in the pool, arms like this, saying, jump. And the child's on the edge of the pool going, no, I can't. Almost in tears. I can't, because if I jump in, I've lost control of my surroundings and I'm giving it over to someone else. And the parent is sitting there going, yeah, but I'm stronger than you. I'm bigger than you. And you're my child and I'd never let you get hurt. And yet the struggle for that child, and I have been that child. And the king is sitting there going, just let go, David. Just let go. And you're going, not on your life will I let go. Because if I let go, who's going to catch me? And he goes, I'm here. Jump in. I wrote another one. The picture of a child and a parent talking, and the child wants something so badly. And the parent says, just give me a couple minutes. Give it a minute. Let, let's. The parent isn't upset that the child wants that, but the parent knows that if that child gets that right at that moment, something it, they're, they're getting ready for bed or something. And the parent knows something better is in store than that moment right there. But what does the child, the child is so focused on that moment, they can't see the big picture. And I'm here to tell you, there's a big picture. And I'm here to tell you that we have a shepherd watching over us. This morning, I want to talk about this is a house where the Lord is my shepherd. I've been reading that psalm, and I'm sure many of you have read that psalm. I can't tell you how many times in my 56 years of life I've heard that referenced. Probably thousands. The Lord is my shepherd. And this week it jumped out at me in a different way, and I was kind of shocked. It's funny. I read it, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He guides me. He and this week, the Lord interrupted me, and he said, David, just read it slow. And the first phrase, the Lord 
is my shepherd. And I couldn't get past that. And I've been thinking about that like the Lord's my shepherd. And I, th- I thought, what gets in the way of the Lord being my shepherd? And I'm glad you're not answering out loud. But things get in the way of me letting him be the shepherd. Things get in the way of me allowing him to push me on that swing. And yet, when I get pushed on that swing completely free, the child in me laughs, screams, and smiles and even looks back and says, can you push me higher? Can you run underneath me as you push me? And there's this amazing dilemma that we face, and, that I, and I know it's not just me, the, but the dilemma is, can I let go enough and allow God? And what I have found in my life is when I not just let go enough, but when I let go completely, the shepherd steps in and he takes better care of me than I can take care of myself. How we handle life is a reflection of how we believe, who we believe, what we believe. And this past two years almost, we've been hit with a pandemic And I'm not interested in preaching about it every Sunday, but I'll be honest with you, I also realize that we are all facing it. And every, every, just about every interaction I have with people, stress is this high and peace and comfort is way down here. They're triggers, they're emotional triggers. You say good morning to them. I've had people I've said good morning to and they've just like, don't know what to do. I was in the, the mall And this gentleman is just yelling at another person. I've never heard people yell and confront other people like I have in the last couple years. Rightly or wrongly. I've talked with people. I've sit down with people and we start talking and tears swell up in my eyes and tears swell up in their eyes as we've talked about life. And one of the things I've found is, what do I do in that moment of stress? Where do I go in that moment of tension? If do I go to binge eating? You say, well, that's there's nothing wrong with that. It's what controls me. Whether it's alcohol, pornography, an addiction, food, maybe it's even just abusing physically, emotionally, uh, verbally, the things that we try to do in order to get control and to be over top of this thing. And we have these modes of behavior, of reactions to things. And what God is saying is, could you let go of that and allow me to be the shepherd? Because each one of us has a shepherd. 
Each one of us has someone that we turn to or something that we turn to, whether it's the shepherd of our souls or whether it's the shepherd that I control. And the psalmist here, God just hit me and he said, David, the psalmist starts by just saying, the Lord's my shepherd. Who's your shepherd? Because if I say the Lord's my shepherd, that immediately removes me from number one and puts somebody else as number one. And being a creature of control, that scares the wits out of me. Scares other things out of me, too. But I can't use those words. Thank you. A couple of you saw and recognized what I said. And I want to talk about, just in a few minutes here, what this picture looks like. And yet, we've read this scripture I'm sure you've memorized most of it, if not all of it. And the Lord just, he, I, in my 56 years, I don't know if I've ever thought of it in this language. The Lord's my shepherd. It's almost like sitting around talking to people and saying, well, how are you going to handle that? Well, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that, I'm going to do this, and I've got this plan, this strategy. And they come to me and they go, well, how are you going to handle it, David? What's, what's, the Lord's my shepherd. Now, I'm not saying I stand at the water cooler saying that to every single person. Because some people might look at you and go, okay, we're dialing 911. But you can answer it like, well, I just need to get some more information. I need to talk to someone smarter than me. What are you going to do about it? Man, I don't know yet. I believe in a God who takes care of me. And what you're saying is the Lord is my shepherd. Making it personal. The Lord's my shepherd. The one who is the shepherd of my soul is the Lord. It's not money. It's not finances. It's not success. It's not what I can achieve. It's not the comfort that I get from this. The Lord is my shepherd. Jesus says in John 10, he says he's the good shepherd. <laughs> if I'm going to have a shepherd, I want a good shepherd. And he says, I'm the good shepherd. A shepherd who was a king and is a king and will forever be a king. And yet he came down and he says, I love you so much that I'll be your shepherd and I'll get involved in your day-to-day -day life. Kings usually sit in a th on a throne and point and dictate and say, and yet the king you and I serve, 
he didn't, he didn't do that. He came and he lived and he dwelt among us. And he says, I'm here for you. Not only does he sit on his throne as the king of kings, but he also lives and dwelt among us. He was God with us. What a shepherd. What a shepherd. It's a personal connection. The shepherd, I've got some real profound truth for you this morning. The shepherd is in charge of the sheep. Real profound. The shepherd's in charge of the sheep. And I am one of his sheep. So the shepherd is in charge of me. I'd ask you to look at somebody and say, the shepherd's in charge of me. But instead of doing that, just sit there and go, the shepherd's in charge of me. Just say that right now and point to yourself. The shepherd's in charge of me. We've read this psalm. I've read this psalm hundreds, thousands of times. And God just says, David, the Lord is my shepherd. If I'm going to make a statement in all the turmoil, in all the stress, in all of the changes that happen week to week, day to day, you can get caught up in it. You can get caught up in the whirlwind. And if you're not careful, you forget that the Lord is my shepherd. Not the media. Not the government. Not my friends. Not my thinking, but the Lord is my shepherd. And one of the chief, one of the main functions of the shepherd is to take care of the sheep. In other words, I am submitting and letting go to him so that he can take care of me. He can direct me. He can lead me. He can guide me. He can restore me. He can feed me. He can protect me. He can walk with me. I am letting go of all those things that I want to control. And I'm saying, the Lord's my shepherd. He makes me rest. It says he leads me beside still waters. If you study that, you find out that it's not stagnant and it's not rushing, but it's a still water. And they have studied and they found that sheep will drink whatever water they're near. So what happens is the shepherd will lead you beside the water that is best for you. If you're left... And if I'm left to my own devices, I will drink stagnant water or I'll drink turbulent water. I may not always get the right water. And the sheep with its weight of, of wool, if it gets caught in turbulent water, it may not get out because of the weight of water that can attach to that wool and it can get turned upside down and it can be pulled downstream if it's not careful. But what my shepherd does is he leads me to an area that's just perfect for me to drink. 
He knows the best water. The shepherd, by the way, the shepherd is smarter than the sheep. I don't know about you, but I've sometimes tried to tell the shepherd he was wrong. Like, you don't know what you're talking about, God. You might say you're my shepherd, but I know better. I know none of you have ever had those conversations with God. But he's my shepherd. He leads me. He makes me lie down in green pastures. We don't need a lot of hype for this sermon. What we need is just to be able to sit down and hear how good my shepherd is. In all the turmoil that happens, I don't, I, I've, I've found that sometimes I don't even, my alarm doesn't even go off and my day starts with a bang. Our basement flooded just a little bit. Not like anything that our neighbors in the prairies had here in the Sumas Prairie. Our f- basement flooded an inch. I can't tell you how much turmoil that caused. And if we're not careful, we get caught up in that whirlwind. And it doesn't mean the whirlwind doesn't happen. What it means is there's a shepherd who looks and he sees me and he guides me and he actually lets me rest so when I get into that whirlwind, I'm not caught up by the whirlwind, but the shepherd is watching over me. He makes me rest. He leads me. He restores. I I just love this. I have been so intrigued by how our soul is affected by God. He restores my soul. Today, the souls of mankind, the souls of the people in Abbotsford is so stressed out that you and I have this amazing relationship with your shepherd that he actually restores your mind, your will, and your emotions. People's emotions are frazzled. Mine are frazzled. And what I found is in this 30 minutes that we had of worship, I can sit in worship like that for 30 minutes, and I can tell you in 30 minutes he can do, in fact, in 10 minutes, in five minutes of sitting in his presence, my soul actually gets restored. My emotions get restored. My thinking changes. My will starts to go, no, it's not my will, it's your will. It's in, it's in a moment of worship, just sitting and a being in the presence of my shepherd, he actually, literally restores my soul. The best thing you can do is spend time with your shepherd. Thank you. The best thing you can do is spend time with your shepherd. One of my Bible uh, college professors used this expression, you don't tune your instrument after you've played it. Take the time 
In the morning, you say, well, are you being critical or, or, or uh, legalistic? Yes, I am. Take a moment before you start your day, when you lay your head on the pillow and you think about tomorrow, take that moment and say, Lord, I'm going to breathe in deep, I'm going to chill, and I'm going to just let you restore my thinking. Get some worship music. Spend some time meditating on the scripture. Spend time with the shepherd and watch him change your mind. Watch him fill and restore your emotions. Watch him be with you in those moments where stress is so tight and all of a sudden, it's like you're loose. That's not illegal. That is part of what the shepherd does for his sheep. The Lord is my shepherd. Who's yours? I was almost going to name this sermon, Who's Your Daddy? Almost. And I wasn't even going to say it, but I knew it was going to come out at some point. But who's your shepherd? Don't overcomplicate this. I believe when the Lord's my shepherd, I am the best version of David out there. And I've seen some ugly versions of David. But I believe when the Lord's my shepherd, I make better decisions. I believe when the Lord's my shepherd, I don't stress out and freak out as much. I still find I freak out, but not nearly as much as when he's not my shepherd. I have found when the Lord's my shepherd, I'm easier to get along with. That was a place where you could say hallelujah, amen, but you missed it. I have found when the Lord's my shepherd, I'm at much more peace. I have found when the Lord's my shepherd, I'm a little more chill, almost too chill, almost too relaxed, almost like, ah, I don't care, almost. And some of you close to me might say, no, you are too chill. It doesn't mean we ignore what's happening. What it means is I go to my shepherd and I say, where are you leading me? Where are you feeding me? Where are you guiding me? He guides me rightly. He guides me for righteousness and in righteousness. He guides me right. Righteousness is right ways. He guides me the right way. The Lord is my shepherd. Who's your shepherd? Don't overcomplicate it. And if I say he's my shepherd, that means he's the boss. That's where it gets complicated. Or challenging. He protects. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I don't fear evil. I don't fear what's going to happen to me. Why? Because his rod and his staff protect me. He protects me. The shepherd 
In fact, in the Bible, there's a story of the shepherd leaving his 99 sheep going after that one. They got lost. This morning, there's an invitation for you just to lean in a little closer. There's an invitation for you today just to go, you know what? Of the seven days of the week, the Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday portion, eh, I could use a little bit of help. Saturday, I don't care about things. Sunday, hey, goes a little better. Some of you might say it differently, but I'm, I'm pretty sure of the seven days a week, 168 hours of the week, there is at least one hour where I could improve in. He comforts me. In the valley of the shadow of death, of, the, of death, his rod and his staff comfort. They don't hurt. They comfort. The shepherd's rod can be used to pull, but it also can be just to guide and to comfort. There's an aspect of just the comfort of knowing the shepherd's there because his rod's right beside me. And it's better than a lightsaber. And yet he goes like this. And his shaft, his shaft, his rod and his staff, they comfort me and they protect me. Even though chaos is happening around me. It is so It is so that he lets me eat in the presence of my enemies. I have been so busy at times that I've said I can't eat because I'm busy. And there are times when that happens. But there's also this idea that whatever chaos is happening around you, God says, no, I'm your shepherd and I want to feed you. And you get food so that you can continue on. But in the midst of the chaos, he prepares a table. This morning, he prepared a table. This morning, he said, come. This morning, he said, my living room's open. I got a charcuterie board for you of holy fruit. I prayed over it. I don't think he allows pork in there, but he's got other stuff that's good. And, and he's got this board of cheeses and everything, and he says, just come and eat at my table that I've prepared for you. And the enemy's out there trying to cause you chaos and everything else, and you do this thing that is so crazy, you actually sit down and you have a meal with the shepherd. And he feeds you. I am, I'm amazed at this because when I read this, it says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me, he leads me, he restores me, he guides me, he protects me, he comforts me, he prepares a table. I, everything, the, and you know what I do with all this? I do precious little. I'm a sheep. I go, bah, bah, bah. And he says, let me guide you. 
Let me restore you. Let me protect you. Let me give you some food. Quit trying to do things in your own strength and sit back and say, the Lord's my shepherd. It doesn't mean you're not responsible. That's the most responsible thing you can do. And then when he leads you, you walk. You follow the shepherd. Another thing that's very hard for us to do. He feeds me. Then it says, he anoints my head with oil. They anoint the sheep with oil so that parasites don't disturb and cause them to get hurt. They anoint the head with oil, which this is real interesting. You're going to get a good laugh at this because there can be a few rambunctious rams in the bunch. And what they found is when they anoint their heads with oil and then they butt heads, it slides more. So they don't hurt each other. <laughs> the Holy Spirit can cause two strong alphas, and that's not just an alpha male, that's alphas, to get along and not hurt each other. The Holy Spirit, he anoints them with oil. There's parasites, there's flies that will try to nest in the nostrils of the sheep and they will put the saliva and the, and the oil in there so that they can't nest because if they nest in there, they'll get an infection and if that infection carries, they actually can be fatal. The Holy Spirit, the anointing of the Holy Spirit is more than just the power to get by. Sometimes the Holy Spirit's power and anointing is for your protection. Sometimes the super natural is God's very natural. And we mystify it, and sometimes the supernatural can just be so that I don't get infected, that I don't get offended, that I don't get hurt, that I don't hurt my brother or sister, that the oil of God is over me, protecting me. And then it says, my cup overflows. Not only does he offer peace, rest, restoration, comfort, and restoring your soul, but then he also says, you know what? I've got more than you can handle. If you come to my house, I don't overflow your drink. But when you come to his house, he goes, it's okay, I'll wash the table later, just how much you need. And he is a God of more than enough. Whatever you're facing. This isn't just talking about prosperity. I believe in the blessing of God. I know he wants to bless you. But I have also found that, man, there are days I just need him to help me get through the day. And he says, David, I've got more than enough for what you need to do. I was talking to somebody this week. This last year, I've had to learn how to make meal plans. And there are days when I need the Holy Spirit just to help me make a meal. If I can just be honest with you. We sometimes make it some so supernatural thing. To me, the supernatural is having a meal, preparing a meal, and making it right. Not burning the water. He's there for me. The Lord is my shepherd. Who's your shepherd? 
I just find it amazing. And after all of this, the response of the sheep is, I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. This is a house. This is God's house. And I see a few things. First of all, I see a decision uh, that I will be in God's house all the time. And it's not just living here because we've also talked and we said that not only is this God's house, but you and I are God's house. Make a decision. In these days, in the last two years, churches have lost 30 to 40% of their congregants. Statistically speaking, people have left the church. Very few, very few churches have grown. Most of them have lost. And part of that is because people didn't have the Lord as their shepherd. Part of that is because I didn't preach it right. I'm telling you, you have no excuse today for not walking out this door saying, the Lord's my shepherd. Because I'm telling you as an under-shepherd that he is the most important person in your world. It's not, if you know me, I'm always about plans, strategies. How are we going to fix this and coming up with an idea? But the Lord is my shepherd is not a strategy. It's not a plan. It's a relationship. And I think we get it wrong because we have six steps on how to deal with this. And the first thing I need to do is say, Lord, you're my shepherd. What are you doing? If you sit down with me, I'll probably say, what's your plan? What's your thoughts? Give me the six ideas this way now. But the first thing that I do, that I'm learning to do, that I'm striving to do, is taking a step back and going, okay, Lord, you're my shepherd. This is, listen to this, this is arrogant or confidence. This is your problem, not mine. This is for you to figure out not me. Because the picture of the shepherd in the Old Testament is the man of the eye. And who's the man? Jesus. It's a picture of, when they uses the word shepherd in the Old Testament, it's a picture of he who watches the sheep, watching over the sheep, the man of the eye. There's an eye watching over you that sees more than you see, that sees more than I see. And the man who sees more than I see is Jesus. So this morning, I am giving you, I'm rolling out a renewed invitation, a challenge in these most turbulent times, in these most crazy of days, you can either get caught up in the crazy or you can sit back and say, the Lord, you're my shepherd. What do I do? You have a decision to make. I've made my decision. I'm not trying to be silly. But I'm calling you back to the simplicity of the Lord 
is my shepherd. I'm standing here using my voice to call you back and say don't get caught up in the fray without first being getting caught up with the shepherd. Before you run out there, take a step back and say, Lord, you're my shepherd. What's going on? So I want to ask you this morning, if you can be honest, if you could be honest, I'm going to ask you if you could use a little bit more of the shepherd, if you could stand. I've got both my feet up. I need more of the shepherd. I've got a lot of the shepherd, but I need more. What I'm going to ask is that you take 30 seconds and talk to the shepherd of your soul and just say, can you help me this week? to take a step back and say, Lord, you're my shepherd. What do you want? Take 30 seconds and just personally say, Lord, help me this week to take a step back and say, you're my shepherd. What do you want? I'll give you 30 seconds just to talk with him. Thank you, Jesus. The Lord bless you. The Lord keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace. God bless you. Have an amazing week. The Lord is my shepherd. Who's yours?